Oh, I'm gonna make a time lapse of my face so you can gradually watch my beard and hair grow. How are you doing today? It is, in fact, if I look at the dates right now, I'm in June right now. But June won't last forever. Never does. Because you know what comes after June? July. But this will go up in June. Last week in June. And we'll have come a long way. We'll have been in lockdown. You know, I don't like to discuss it a lot on stream because I know a lot of you use... uh, use this as a place to escape, but if I go to my calendar, 16th today, it will have been two full months in lockdown, almost three full months in lockdown, and then a little bit more. We've been here a while, and we're doing well, we're doing okay. Interestingly, the world has embraced a new uh, new path, a new, oh, I say a new path, um, it's been active, it's been more active than kind of expected you know when they they announce a lockdown and they say everyone's going to be stuck at home and no one's going to be doing anything and all these kind of things are going to happen i don't think anyone expected what happened to happen in terms of the global movement which has occurred with black lives matter and uh, you know you I did, I did that podcast a couple of weeks ago um as my kind of like stand of solidarity um, and I wanted you guys to go check out stuff and do stuff, and, and that was, you know, that was it's an incredible time to be part of, to be involved in. Very proud of a lot of my friends and family who have been getting involved, donating causes, on all those kinds of things. But it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of global movement which will get you thinking. It's the kind of thing where you can kind of look at it and say, hey, so if this is the world and this is the world we're living in. Then I should probably reevaluate a few things in my own life and reevaluate what I what I kind of do and 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 get involved with and and it does it does that to you it makes you consider as everything does you know you you hold up a mirror and then suddenly you reevaluate things if you've never seen yourself you don't really know what you look like and I see myself a lot it's something which you do with art art has a habit of it especially for um, independent artists or kind of Early on artists, you look at yourself a lot. A lot of artwork which is made early on in people's careers is very self-personal. And that's 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 a natural thing. Because you, you're around yourself the most. So you can't really get around that factoid. Nobody is born um, and at the age of 13 thinks, all of my artwork is going to be about someone else. No. The first artwork you make is, uh, is about you. That's, that's just a natural thing. You covet what you see, if you were to quote Silence of the Lambs. Um, you know, what does the hunter cover first? They cover what they see on a regular basis. And you see yourself, which is it's an important fact I have to remember. But it brought up a thing in my head because it followed, if we follow the timeline, if we follow the timeline of what happens with the, um, the protests and things like that, obviously I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So if other things have happened, obviously this might seem a little bit out of context. And context, as we know, is basically everything in the world. Um, or at least my world. Ooh, sorry, hitting the microphone. And I think it's important to remember that, and it's important to kind of consider that. But what I, where are we at right now? So we have the Black Lives Matter protests, which kicked off with the death of George Floyd and the outrage which was felt, and 
suddenly very visible to the world. Obviously, it had been there before, and people had said things before, but suddenly it was on a it was on a global stage, and still is right now on a global stage. There are so many protests still happening right now, and they are important, as I said in my other podcast. If it feels like you're going through hell, keep going, keep going. Otherwise, now I lost my point. Okay, and then we had the statue protests, which were a whole other thing because it was in the UK at least. <clears throat> It became a focal point for us because we don't have um, uh, kind of guns, essentially, in the same way the U.S. We're not innocent in any way, shape or form, but they became kind of the main pushing point from politicians and media in order to distract from the actual lack of justice reform uh, which was occurring. And to have those protests, you have to have people who want to protest that. And they came in the form of people who described themselves as the football fans or you know, the football hooligans and all this kind of stuff. And what it did for me personally, as I kind of titled this, the personal purchase I have, um, it triggered something in me which I know I have and I thought was worth discussing because I don't think I don't think anyone is anyone is perfect. Everyone has a personal prejudice. Everybody, you know, regardless of your background, your upbringing, how you know deity esque you think you are. Um, everyone has prejudice and it can be minute it can be something really small you know you see a person with a mustache and you suddenly make a decision about that person that is a prejudice is people who have mustaches you're making a a choice against them i think i googled the actual the noun definite definition is a preconceived opinion that is not based on unreason or actual experience to use as a verb to give rise to prejudice in someone make biased in law is harm or injury that results or may result from such action or judgment. Basically, you see someone and you see something and you say, hmm, I don't like that. And then you associate everything with that, regardless of whether you've kind of been involved with it or anything else that. And what I wanted to discuss is this idea that prejudice is formed very, very early on in life. Extremely early on in life. At least mine was. Um, and I find myself catching myself from this prejudice because it's something which i've had to learn to deal with i've had to learn first off to you know how to change prejudice you first off learn that you have it you recognize that you have it um and then you try to catch it every time it kind of rears its head because you're still trying to develop and learn as a person you're never going to stop developing and learning as a person so you got to recognize it and then work to change it you know hope struggle and change those are the, the 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 tenets of trying to change. So now you're already wondering, kind of midway through this, I may say midway through this, we're like seven minutes in, what is Graham's personal prejudice? What is his thing which kind of rears its head every so often? And how detrimental is it? And I'd say it's fairly detrimental. And it's not, okay, we're going to get this out of the way now. It is not race-based. It is not religion based it is not anything like that my prejudice is against football fans my prejudice is against football as a sport and sports in general it goes wider a lot of sports fans i have a very strong prejudice which is involved with those institutions and that's just me and i know that and that is something which i have to catch and get catch and deal with on on a daily basis essentially and i'm going to explain it let's go into it so as i was saying Prejudice is formed very early on in life. Mine is no different. When I was very young, 
I was introduced to Spot, as everyone is, as being introduced to Spot. And there's a few things which come into play for you. This is and another point I'd like to make, is that prejudice is not something which you are born with. It is something you learn. Okay? It is something which a child is taught or learnt from their world around them. But mine kind of came out really young. So I was a big kid, as many of you know, I've discussed it before. I was a big kid, um, which made sports harder for me, which then became part of my bullying regiment from those who would bully me, which was, you know, to make fun of me for that. So it automatically becomes something which you can't handle or deal with. So as a child, you grow a dislike to it. But it also goes, there's a more layers to it. There's, and I, I kind of been thinking about this through. There's a lot more layers to it. Because it wasn't just sport. It wasn't just activity which I was against. It was a lot more specific about that. Now, you, in order to kind of realize this, you got to realize that I grew up during the 90s. Um, I was born in 1989. So I grew up during the 90s. So from you know the first 10 years or so of my life, I was in an infant school where, you know, due to gender stereotyping, which is a, is a it's a huge thing, or it was a huge thing in the past. Um, most boys were into football. And if you weren't into football, you were a bit ostracized, because I don't know any of that stuff. And my family is not a football family, either. None of my family celebrate football. Um, in fact, the only thing my parents watch is rugby, and they're, they're not everyday watches of rugby. They're uh, Six Nations world event rugby. They're not you know, local team rugby. They don't go to matches in person. None of that. They're just they're just there. So that's an addition. Also, it was a lot more in your face at that time. During kind of like the nineteen ninety six um, football World Cup. So you got to think I'm six or seven years old. That was a huge thing. Euro ninety six kicked off. So it was suddenly flung in your face, which made it even harder to be not be part of the football fan base. Because as a young boy, you're meant to be into football. Why aren't you into football? What's wrong with you? That kind of stuff. And I'd get that from not just kids, but parents. You know, you meet friends whose parents would instantly ask you who your favourite football team was. And when you didn't reply with anything which was significant or agreeing with them, you were instantly part of the enemy. And it's, oh, well, what's wrong with you? You know. And then you can easily follow that up with, what, are you gay? And then that's... It develops this image in your head of what these people are like. Okay? So then we add into that. What else did I see on TV at that age? You know, what else did I what else was I shown at that age? Well, during the eighties and nineties there was a huge rise in football riots, football hooligans, people going over to Euro and creating fights. Euro 96 was rife with it. There was so many televised riots of football fans. And it just developed this massive image in my head of what every football person was like. And this continues. This continues, tracks its way all the way through teenage teenage years. Um, again, not being into sport, not being into anything like that becomes a problem. What football team do you spot? I don't spot football team. Why don't you spot football team? Blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on and on. And it takes a long time to set in. But basically, all I can say is that from a very young age, I was shown a negative image of football players, football fans, and the institution of football. That is how a prejudice is formed. 
So where does that leave me now? Where does that leave me on a day-to-day -day basis? Because, you know, I get the feeling if you watch me do anything, you're pretty secure in the fact that I'm a fairly, really, like, fairly laid-back person when it comes to things. I don't mind people having any kind of interest. It's what they're into. But I can tell you now, as a personal effect of what this has on my life, if someone tells me they're a football fan or tells me they're a sports fan or tells me they're going to sit and watch sports, my opinion of them does drop a little bit. And that is how I recognise it. That is how I recognise that I have this prejudice, is that when someone mentions something, and I've gotten along with them for a very long time, and I know a lot about them, and it may be even that I know a lot about their artwork, and I enjoy their work, and I enjoy talking to them, and I think they're an intelligent, wonderful human being, as soon as this is mentioned in my head, it drops. It just drops a little bit. And I hate that. I hate that that is a thing. And I think this is the, kind of the key to change. I don't really remember when it first happened. I think it was one of those things where you have someone in your life who you care about a lot and you, you know, you talk to a lot, you get along with. And I had no idea. I had no idea that this was part of their life. And then I think it might have been even one of the World Cups or something like that. They told me they were going to watch it. Um, and I said, oh, well, you know, why? you don't really think of it when anyone says that they're going to watch the World Cup. Um, because a lot of people come out as like patriots when they happen with that. That's a whole other conversation. And then they mentioned, oh no, I watch I watch football every week. Um, or they might have come in in a football shirt and I've suddenly gone, oh, wait, this is part of your personality? And it's something which I've learned a lot over time. It's something which, there are all kinds of football fans. There are people I know, love, look after, you know, who are huge sports fans. And every time it's mentioned, my brain just... It, it betrays me. My brain betrays me and says, no, you know, this is this is part of it. Now, why would I expose myself like this? Well, recently, obviously, with the whole statue protests, they labeled themselves the football fans. They labeled themselves uh, as that, and then they went about, and if you're going to be... The, if you're going to label it the anti-racist protests, then you have to label the other ones as the racist protests because there's no way around that. And it gave this great symbolism to everything. But at the same time, it made me realize and want to say that my prejudice is formed very early on. Early on. I've had to look, work a long time to recognize it and not let it affect my life, the relationships I have with people. Right now, those prejudices are being made, to be frank. You know, there is a whole generation of children who are watching that and going, that's how football fans behave. There is a whole generation of teenagers who are saying, actually, maybe I don't want to be involved with football because everyone else is just this. Because it's the most publicized version of what's going on. It's the most media-grabbed version of what's going on. Every football match, even advertising for football plays off it. You know, it's it's people against people. It's this doing this, and you need to do this and get into it. And it's also it's super masculine. They really try and push the masculine aspect. And it's like, right, okay. Well, if you're standing there going, well, that's not what I'm into, then, oh, wait, so everyone's like that who's into football? You have to be like that to be into football. Can you be not be a casual fan? No, you have to be really into it. You can't be a casual. And it... it what I'm saying is you need to be careful with how you're perceived in order to help combat that. 
you know, obviously there's work which I have to do as a person to combat my own prejudice, which is formed out of personal experience. But at the same time, it is the right and necessary, um, what is the word I'm looking for here, um, responsibility of those who are into that thing and those institutions to make their own efforts. And what, what am I saying? What am I actually saying about this? I'm saying if you as a person enjoy sport, enjoy football, and you do not feel that the actions which are publicized by the media represent you, you are going to have to be so much more vocal in order to drown that out. If you think about the same way, this is, you know, this is your own challenge in the sense, you know, if you don't want to be seen as racist because you're involved in football, then you need to make that everything. You need to make that all part of it. You need to make it so when those kinds of people do turn up to a football game that they feel ostracized and they should know that that doesn't represent your institution. And regardless of how many people come forward and how many celebrities say we should fight against racism and FIFA have this going against racism, that's not what gets shown. You know, that's not what makes an impact. Negative impact makes so much more of an impact than a positive impact. That's just the way we work as human brains. Because as humans, we look at things which are negative and use them as warnings. Positive things, we kind of just accept. We kind of look at them and go, okay, well, that's a positive thing. Yeah, good. Carry on. Negative things, we change our behavior because of negative things. We change the view of the world. We have a brain which tries to protect us. So having just a few pops here and there are not not a thing, you know? It's a responsibility petition. It's a two-way street. Prejudice is solvable by two-way streets. You know, it's not down to one person. It's not down to a single event in life. It is grown and it can be nurtured and, and developed. And that's, in a way, that's dangerous by what a lot of people have with their families and that's that's how family prejudice essentially starts is that your parents believe something and then it works its way down to the children if you stand as someone who doesn't want to be perceived in one way or another and you don't want to be involved in something which is like that you've got to be louder you've got to be more present and i know for a lot of people that's quite hard to do especially when it's something you enjoy you know you see it even in kind of um things like nerd culture and bits and bobs like that if you you know if you're participating in those cultures and those enjoyments and those fandoms you kind of stack you gotta stake a claim you know jk rowling's a great example of that absolute example of that you know there's millions billions of people who enjoy those stories they do not want to be represented by jk rowling so they are being loud they're being really loud about getting on board of that the people who she you know essentially gave jobs to Ratcliffe and all those they're being really loud about it and you gotta be loud but what happens when this happens with the football people nothing no one mentions the institution of football they focus on the people and say oh it's just these people it's like it's really not it's heavily ingrained I've had to change to develop against my own prejudice and I think institutions and other people who are in those you know, genres, those social interests, need to change too. I don't think it's good enough to sit back. You know, if I was in, let's say there's some, a hobby which I enjoy, um, you know, art, hell, yeah, the art industry. 
if the art industry had a vocal minority which were super racist, um, starting fights, doing all those kinds of things, negatively impacting things, I'd be vocal about it. You know, yes, it's going to affect the thing I enjoy. Yes, it is going to affect how I enjoy things. And it might even end some friendships. It might even end my connections with many people who are involved in the same ideal. But at the same time, I don't feel feel like me losing those connections is worth anything if the community I'm involved in is something which I don't want to be represented by. And that's essentially as, as simple as I can put it. And I hope it makes sense. I hope, you know, what I'm saying doesn't just lead us something, again, prejudice. As I say, I have friends who are really into these spots, um, and I work hard to kind of get through that. It's a, it's a clash of personality as well. But I, I've said this time and time again, I, I have a negative opinion of, of sport and competition, but at the same time, I be, you know I believe in competition. You can watch previous podcasts, ones which I did with um, I think the one with Jen Baker is a good example of that. I believe competitiveness in some aspects is good. It drives you. It gives you a challenge. It pushes you to to motivate and do things. And you can encourage other people in competition. I do believe in that. But when it comes to sport, I've got this barrier, and I'm trying to change it. I just want other people to join me on the journey. Take responsibility for the communities they're part of. You know, if your community is toxic, you need to change that community. If you think that you that people who think this have got a very narrow view, you need to make make that more self evident. Because I am not part of that community, so I am not going to be seeing all of it, and I'm not going to go out of my way to see all of it. Because as you know, I'm not part of that community, so you need to make sure the face at least represents what you want it to represent and I think that's true for any cause this is just my example and this is my own personal one hey if you like football if you like sport put a comment below tell me what you think I mean I've got grievances all over the shop with it but at the same time I'm open for discussion and that's important I hope you're staying safe and well I hope you're looking after yourselves I'm doing daily streams at the minute, if you didn't know by now, where I do illustration and have a chat, a way for people to escape isolation. Feel free to drop on by. It's live on Instagram and Twitch. Look after yourselves. Stay home if you need to. And I'll talk to you guys later.